I ideally only hang out with people who are smarter than me because I, I, I want to <laughs> learn. I want to feel stupid. I want to struggle to keep up, but I want to walk away with more stuff than I came into it. Greetings, future fossils. This is Michael Garfield welcoming you to another episode of the podcast that explores our place in time. And it's occurred to me lately that while this show started with a rather wide-ranging and eclectic sampling of the human species, in recent episodes it's turned more towards the ultra-futuristic sciencey stuff. And I want to use this opportunity to restore some groundedness and humility, although not without its own visionary flair to this podcast. This week's episode's guest is Andreas Capsalis, my favorite living guitarist, someone whose talents I have admired for over a decade, someone I've been very, very lucky to perform with on a number of occasions over the years. And someone that I was honored to interview for this show last year when we caught up at the experimental architectural community of Arcosanti, Arizona. Both of us were playing shows out there for their first annual convergence event where the co-op living in the shadow of genius architect Paolo Soleri is carrying the baton now into the future and taking these glorious retro-futuristic ruins in a new direction while still anchoring in the charismatic vision of a world in which nature and technology join and architecture and ecology inform each other to produce arcologies. We don't really get into that on this one, but more on arcologies in later episodes, specifically the upcoming two-part episode with Bionaut Mark Nelson, a veteran of the extraordinary Biosphere 2 experiment back in the 1990s. But this one is more anchored in the past, in the cultures we inherit, in our tracing of old trade routes and the paths of those who've walked before, and the unique experience of time bestowed upon the nomads quite like that desert time that is so palpable at Arcosanti and in Santa Fe, where I am now. A quick apology to everyone for this week's episode being so late, but I just got a new job at the Santa Fe Institute as their social media specialist. And in a ripe contrast to this episode's discussion of time, I now live within the matrix of full-time work. So thanks for writing this one out with me as I find a new balance between this show and my other work as a science communicator. And also, before we start this episode, I want to give a shout out Dave Long for being the newest Patreon supporter. I lost a lot of patrons recently due to credit card processing issues and other technical stuff and even if I hadn't, it would be wonderful to see that one more person has joined the small cadre of people helping keep this show afloat. Because of my new gig at SFI, I will be limiting my time on social media. And so a big apology to all of you who have been 
surfing the avalanche of compulsive sharing that I've subjected all of you to over the last 13 years, but I will continue to post prolifically on Patreon all new art and music and writing. So if you'd like to stay abreast of that, please sign up at patreon.com slash Michael Garfield. And uh, even if you don't have two, five, 10, 20 bucks a month throw into the pot, then you can check the free archives there. There is a ton of cool stuff ripe for the picking. Lastly, the Future Fossils Facebook group is as alive and kicking as it has ever been. Got almost 1,500 people in there. And that's where I curate all of the most interesting science and art past and future stuff that I can lay my mitts on. So go check that out. I am currently on the fence about whether to cap membership at 2,000 people and make it a paid group. If you feel strongly about that one way or the other, you can reach out to me at futurefossils at protonmail.com. And lastly, thanks to everybody who has been reviewing and rating this show on your various podcasting platforms. It helps enormously, and I love you for it. And I love you anyway, but it's a different kind of love, that uh, conditional kind. (laughs) So anyway, thanks, everyone. Enjoy this conversation. Andreas is a fascinating person, and I'm honored that I get to share his life and mind with you. I'm going to lead you in with a little bit of his music this time. This is a piece of his called Ethnos. I believe we actually mention it in this conversation because it's one of my favorites of his. And I want you to remember listening to this, that this is all being done by one person with two hands, one guitar, and no accompaniment. If you want to see the video, which I highly recommend, there's a link to it in the show notes for this episode, wherever you might find them. Enjoy.
What a total fucking wonderful surprise no, to man. see you here. It's a surprise to see you. I barely recognized you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, let's see. I, I showed up. We, we, we don't have to talk about your secret birthday. And okay. It, but let's think about time. So I haven't seen you in probably, let's see, 2009, I think, was the last time I played a show with you. Oh, yeah, um, Yeah, you and Garan came through Denver. Oh, right on. Maybe it's been since then, but at any rate, it's yeah. been a while, and yeah, it just seems super long. cool that like uh, that it would be here. Yeah, at Arco Santi. That's why I was place. very surprised to see you. I don't see anybody besides Arco Santians, you know. Yeah. And so, um, to set the scene, we're like sitting on this gorgeous balcony overlooking this high desert mesa canyon, and and it's With just lots of snakes. Yeah. Scorpions. And I saw a scorpion outside of our, yeah. our room the other night. And it's uh, my buddy Alex Feldman who insisted that I play a show here as soon as possible. And I was like, dude, I know. Um, he said that you, your sense of time changes when you're out here. Oh, I can see I that. that. Yeah, I, could, I went for a little hike down there. Actually, just kind of went. It's really awesome. You go around, you know. Mm. And, you know, I saw the sign for the rattlesnakes and the, you know, uh, scorpions and and I was walking on the path, I had flip-flops on, and I saw, you know, I heard rustling. You know, I'm like, it's not a mouse. It's too strong to be a mouse, you know? Uh-huh. And then something scurried across the road, and I'm like, you know, no fuck, you know. <laughs> With my flip-flops and a snake uh, crossing the road in front of me, it's like either that's an omen, or I kept going, because it's like the scenery, it's really great over there. Mm. So yeah. Well, I heard that, I mean, was it 2008 that they had the heat wave in Chicago and they found a coyote in the cooler in a 7-Eleven, like in the fridge no, behind the beverages? No, I've never heard about that. No. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not it's not totally foreign to you. Yeah. Well, dude, so um, I want to I wanna ask you some questions because I don't know, I don't know too many people that are like musician, son of musician. And there's something about my appreciation for your playing and your this sort of like ecumenical approach to just like sampling a world's worth of musical traditions. It seems to come out of that family history of music. And I'd love to know some about how, how you were raised into music and, and, you know, the, to, to know about, you know, more music tradition as a tradition in your family and in yeah. your life. You know, um, I think it's been, you know, music was kind of everywhere, uh, ancestral wise I mean my grandfather played violin and mandolin my uh, his brother played mandolin and but they were not musicians professionally and until my father's generation um, my father became a professional violinist his brother became a professional artist and um, then by my generation it's it's becoming now a tradition you know to kind of do that but all my siblings who learned uh, music and played different instruments went on to do other things besides that. Yeah. They didn't want to hate music. They wanted to kind of, um, you know, they saw how crazy the music world is. My father ended up eventually, besides playing in, in orchestras, teaching in the school systems. And I saw like how really rotten the school systems were to the faculty. Mm. You know, like sports were the primary thing the budget was so so orchestras would get cut you know orchestra programs and general music education programs would be cut so like i saw that going down i'm like you know what i'm going to perform i'm not going to have the teaching to fall back on 
And uh, so it was nurturing, but my father was busy doing his own thing. I would just, it was very helpful to be like, hey, I, I'm teaching myself how to read music. You know, how do you do this rhythm? You know, and, and it was nice to kind of have that. But he didn't really guide me. I guess the only thing he did do was encourage me no matter what I did. So I guess that was a nice thing to be totally free, even though he was a classical violinist. Um, he liked, he didn't mind that I was doing what I was doing, whatever, you know. So did you, you get a lot of like gypsy jazz and kind of Andalusian influences in your stuff? Did, is that stuff that you picked up from him or was that? No, well, the Greek music was around the house always, uh-huh. the Greek record. So that, that stuff, the Greek music is interesting too because you have a lot, same with the Greek cuisine. You know, you have influences of, of the Turkish uh uh, occupation for 300 years so you have the, you know the food has been influenced in Greece and also the and vice versa because Greece occupied n- enough land over there as well so um, but the music ended up um, getting that flavor too you know I mean besides Cretan music which is really significantly different from most other parts of Greece and probably a, a connoisseur and a, a person who knows all the Greek folk traditions all over the country would would say that there's many more than just that. But Cretan stands out to me as very interesting, the style of playing violin. The the melodic vocabulary is very, uh, you know, microtonal, you know, and you got a lot of bends and weird things that would, you know, going from major to a minor, you know, uh, third in a, th- a melody, in the same melody, in the same, you know, bar is not unheard of, you know, almost in a blues type of way, but... Um, so that stuff influenced me in a, in a way of like, wow, this is really interesting and bizarre and exotic. And, and I also loved how the rhythms, the, the odd rhythms, the nines and sevens and fives felt so natural. And, and you know, it's, you know, learning that you got to count it, you know, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two. But you have to event, eventually forget it and approach it like how they approach it when they're dancing to it. You know, short, 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 long, short, 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 long. It's the steps. So, you, you know, if you count it, it you're not going to be able to... You're going to play it like Dream Theater would play it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, I'm sorry, it's just too mechanical and too... Something's wrong with it, you yeah. know? And so hearing Dave Brubeck and, you know, his... Um, you know, bringing world music into jazz. You know, hearing that whole hybrid stuff going on made me feel like it's okay to dip into those other things. And plus, I like the vocabulary of those things. I like the story they tell. I like, I like quoting, uh, you know, flamenco stuff to kind of paint a picture. And at the same, you know, like a little reference. It's a reference and it's a quote. And it's also, and those not only in the chordal vocabulary, like the harmony resolutions and stuff like that, and the scales. But the energy, you know, the flamenco dance being so aggressive and strong and prominent, you know, and it's and, uh, and deliberate, you know, like same with the guitar. So using those things in the guitar, like, you know, this uh, makes for like an exciting tune. You, you can't really, you can make very emotive stuff and contemplative stuff, but... Generally, I always think of that music as very strong and passionate fire. You know, I see fire when I hear that music. A lot of the Greek music, I don't really hear that. I hear very passionate things with that, too. Um, but the guitar is so prominent in, in the flamenco, you know. And, yeah, and the, a lot of the gypsy Roma music, you know, guitars everywhere. And I like, you know, I like hybrids. I'm into, like... I mean, it's fascinating, you know, the the Gypsy Roma music, you know, or the Klezmer, you know, the, these things combined with other things is exciting. That's why, like, the French Gypsies sound different than the Spanish Gypsies, and they sound different from the Romanian Gypsies, mm-hmm. you know, and I like that 
the region and the mixing of the cultures, you know, and uh, develop something completely new and exciting. So that gave me room to be like, I can do that. I can combine stuff. I think it's more exciting that way. Anyway, yeah. I, mean, I love traditional food, but it's always interesting when you have Vietnamese French cuisine. That's right. always kind of interesting. So, um, so that's that's pretty much that. And I think having that freeing thing in the house and also being exposed to some ethnicity, because I'm very American. I'm Greek-American, but I'm very American. I love American culture, American music. I love the, this is why I love this part of the country. Because this this whole the history of this part of the country doesn't exist anywhere else at ever at any point in the history of time, you know the whole natives mixed with these European Dutch Spanish all these different people coming to find looking for gold and then you got the Roma Gypsies coming here you have the opium dens you have all this mythology going on simultaneously and it's so exciting it's so colorful. So colorful, you know. So, so I love being out here because it makes me. It's, it's a it's a cowboy movie landscape, you yeah. Know? And this is like, wait, this is Italian. This is Italian. It's a, it's it, a, very clearly, yeah. Like the whole Solari being born in Turin, yeah. and then coming out here, and you got the cypress trees and the yeah. So once trees. again, a freaking weird mutation that's like you know Italian, old west, you know. And it, well, and, and and when you put it like that, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, the olive it's, trees, it's like the yin it's yang like... of the spaghetti western. It's, it's like we're gonna throw the visionary future of some mid twentieth century Italian architect into yeah. the wild west. It's like a historical. Um, what do you call it? Like not that to call it a backwash would be wrong, but like that that counter. Well, I like exchange. juxtaposition. I like contrast, and yeah. I also like you know what? It's really not much contrasting besides my limited view on time and place and these things you know so because this if this is you this looks like greece too this this landscape so it's mm. really if you told me took me drugged me and brought me here without me knowing and said you're in europe man i'd be like really where like spain what, where is this like southern spain what's going on i would not even know this is arizona that's kind of really nice about arizona too because it's so colorful and and really exotic to me, I mean, there's so many other places I haven't been that I'm sure are equally exotic, but this just kind of stuck with me, I guess. That in that vein, I, I got to go to Europe for my first shows last summer. Oh, I, nice. I played at Boom Festival in Portugal, and I didn't get to see cool. anything other than Portugal. But like, having grown up in Southern California, Portugal was felt. I was like, I feel very much at home here. Yeah. And there's that 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 sense of what is like the Western Coast of any continent is more like the west coast of any other continent yeah. or any like major landmass and the east coast is more like the east coast of every there's other place. those similarities yeah. absolutely mountain people everywhere are kind of a certain way yeah. food the traditions kind of even though there might be variations on it you know um yeah it's it's an interesting interesting thing so do you um you spend a lot of time out there. You said you've been spending more time out in Europe on tours. Um, well, I've been now. It's been boiled down to about twice a year, and it's been um, sometimes about two and a half months, sometimes a month, sometimes uh, just a few shows, sometimes too many shows, and um, and I like it. I like it a lot. It's it's nice. Uh, you know, it's tough being away for very long. Um, I like sometimes that I don't speak the language and I can kind of disappear in the background and not have to converse. And I like to watch people and learn from other cultures more more than sharing my my stories with them. But I like to share and I like to learn. So um, yeah, it's it's great. I love. There's honestly, I want to explore it all. 
my big plan now is I'm looking into the concept of getting either a like converting a van, uh-huh. doing solar pop, try to like try oh, to yeah. do it off the grid style, so I yeah. can literally just tour. And if I want to live in Oregon for two months, I can. If I want yeah. to live in Southern California for two months, I want to really explore every inch of this continent and not worry about well, I got to get back to Chicago. I would like to be like I can just camp out in New Mexico desert for two months. Book some shows and arrange my schedule for the next two months, and then right. go and do that, and then end up where I end up. And I—that's just super inspiring to me. Well, I, is it, that, that's an attitude I feel like uh, on display in the music. You know, like the, your your music breathes a lot. You know, there's a lot of like uh, pauses. I was like, you, the set you played today, I was like, oh, you know, you've got that natural rest in there where you're gonna tune. And it's, it's like, oh, it's a little out of tune. Good. Thank God I have a natural rest. And like, yeah, yeah. Forgetting in my own composition, you know, to, to see it in that sort of webbed out metaphorical way, you know, I haven't given myself a lot of rests in my compositions. And in, in the sense, you like live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. Or we die as we live. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm writing music the way I'm living where I'm not giving myself right. these moments to like it's, pause and reflect. You know, yeah, but pausing and pausing in music and certain silences are one of the hardest things to do. You know what I mean? It's like the worst, you know, because it's like your natural reaction, just like when there's like an awkward pause in a conversation, it's awkward. Silence is awkward, <laughs> right? Unless you're really comfortable with somebody. So musically on a stage where you're, I'm comfortable, but you're typically in, you know, it's a fight or flight instincts going on and stuff like this. You know, it's, it's not a natural element versus just sitting on the porch and playing guitar. Um, and so pausing is you know, inserting it and planning it, but playing with musicians, um, actually, uh, this concept kind of sat in my head for a decade after I met this, this percussionist who, who got the trio, basically, uh, he, he was in the trio before Darren was, and uh-huh. he, he, he pretty much was the reason that kind of branched the, you know, he was experimental percussionist. He was a very avant-garde composer himself. So. What was his name? Kotaro. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he introduced all those things. And then basically when we got Darren in the band, we said, play what Kotaro did, you know. With and, the bowing With the bowing symbols and, yeah. and experimenting with different sounds, percussion sounds. And, and I, you know, and that also kind of aligned with how I view the guitar. I want to do things, as many timbres as possible. Try to, as, if I can, manipulate the tradition of how it's played to get some other effects for broadening the palette because it's solo guitar it's like oh my god it can get very boring very like uh, redundant if it's not those little flavors and timbres don't change you know so that helped and he was always like you know you don't have to play all the time you play too Uh many notes (laughs) and it'd be like silence you ever heard of that you know shh you know take a breath and it's like all right Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. It's just until unnatural for me. So getting that to sit in my head for years and try to do it. And then even when I do it uh, live, I like I want to make it shorter. I want to make that silence shorter because time is all manipulated on stage. <coughs> and so practicing like the pause is very in- – writing intentionally with it. But also realizing like pauses are st- – so infectious they're so good I mean I can think of so many great songs great guitar riffs that are great because of the pauses mm-hmm. whether it's back in black being bump ba 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 
that resonates because of that space between those chords, you know, right, yeah. and it hooks because of that too. And um, so I feel like pausing and silence and you know is is a, one of the hardest musical things to do, which is very strange, you know. So that, yeah, I mean, what's the hardest thing to do when you're living? We, to, for me, I, it's hard as well to slow down, and take time, which is why I didn't book many shows for this because I wanted. I need to, not that I'm doing too much or anything, but I need time to just. I need to go on a hike and get lost. I need to yeah. lose myself, find something else, and. Um, so yeah, so I think that's amazing. It's amazing because it's like, it's resting state is like, it's a default. Shutting up is a default, right? But why do we have to fill it with something, you know? Um, so I, I think it's a it's a it's a never ending challenge to use silence effectively, you know. I had uh, Carrie Welch on the show a few episodes ago, and she's a philosopher who studies time. Mm-hmm. And it was that was great. I was like, oh, we've we've overlaid the theme here like perfectly. Yeah. I can just go nerd out with you. Cool. Um, one of the things that she was talking about was how if you think about the different frequencies of things, uh, like you know, like they, they talk about the scaling. Like a mouse has the same number of heartbeats in its lifetime as an elephant, but it's oh, just yeah. it's hard as beating so much faster. Right. And we were talking about. She said, you know, we're, we our culture tips all of our attention into the ultra fast the the need to respond like my buddy who's a high school teacher was always he's like telling his students your friend can wait 45 minutes for a response like we're in the middle of class right now you yeah. you can't but we're all we're, you know we're just trained to respond to the notifications so we focus on this ultra ultra fast stuff and she's like if you want to be a complete human being you need you know, it's not stop with the phone. It's not stop focusing on the ultra fast. Yeah. It's balance the ultra fast by like hanging out with a rock or a tree. Yeah. You know, like spend some time in that, that, um, like there's a Taoist energy wizard type guy, this guy Montak Chia, who talks about if you want to make friends with a tree, you have to sit there for like at least nine breaths, maybe 18 breaths, mm-hmm. because the tree is going so much slower than you are that if you just show up and like give it a high five, it's like you didn't even, it's like you right. blinked and, it, and you were gone. It's yeah. like the, between the two frames of a movie yeah. for that slower thing. Yeah, I, when I when I grew up in the suburbs in Chicago, it's, you know, uh, the suburbs suck because they're void of culture. They're, they're just horrible places to grow up. But they're, you know, it's... It's uh, the lack of nature, especially there. You know, I mean, it's still nature. It's a suburb. There's trees, lots of nice trees, and it's, but it's flat and it's overpopulated mostly, and and very everyone's the same. There's not a ton of diversity, and and um, so I worked at a greenhouse for about ten years just oh, to cool. get away. I started volunteering, and eventually they offered me a job just coming on the weekends and water the plants. So I would do that, and I, they had a big compost pile on the, pack, the back, and I would always take plants that they threw out, and I'd take them home, I'd try to nurse them back to health, and I, that was very th- therapeutic to me, I felt like it was an escape from this otherwise very boring, and so having a, forming a bond with plants, and, and actually I brought a plant from my friend in Sedona that I've had since I was about 15 years old. Oh, wow. It's, a, it's, a, it's an offshoot of a, of a bigger, it's a Brazilian yucca. They threw that out, and it was diseased, like, yeah, and I called, and I asked, and they, I called the horticulturist, and I asked if I can take it, and they said, yeah, absolutely, it's diseased, though, so it's probably not going to do so well. The disease pretty much went away, so it just, um, 
And I found at any point in life when I've had a good relationship with plants or nature, I'm doing better. And um, yeah, just being being in nature. I mean, I like going off hiking by myself more than I like going with people because a lot of times people like to talk. Um, but I do have some friends that I like to go off with, and we end up getting into conversations about life and catching up, and and it's it's venting. It's very nice, and it's also great physical activity. But also, it's for me, it's also it's nice to be in awe of beauty, you know, and, and that for me is like the most amazing thing. Like I like to come like, all right, when I went to, um, the Everglades with my brother, you know, okay, this yeah. was like post the election when I pretty much <laughs> didn't want to be scared of some psychotic person anymore. I wanted to be scared of an alligator that can maul me to death. You know, that will put things in perspective. Yeah. Let's, let's have yeah. some real fair fear, you know? <laughs> so we went down there and we're just, once again, I don't have any, I struggle to have these outdoor skills, you know, I'm camp, I do these things, but I wasn't raised in that family setting. So, so we were in the Everglades and, and canoeing around, you know, finally saw a huge alligator, you know, kind of from the it. canoe, yeah. from the canoe, which yeah. is like, you know, we're not really, I'm not the professional at that either. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> flipping it. And I flip canoes where there's alligators in the water and stuff like that. And that gets you a bolt of like run, get yeah. somehow run in the water if you can. And run out of the water onto land, even though they're faster on land. Yeah, know, they, they like, love the thrashing too. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, and it was like near an area where the guys like, hey, well, there's a mu- big mother uh, alligator that that just gave birth. So do not go this way. So you, but either way, you know, there's an alligator in the water somewhere that's mm-hmm. pissed off at having uh, outsiders. You know, so that that's just that, that's not. And you know, be, it's nice to be in nature that's you know dwarfs you. You know. And you are insignificant. You, you know, besides global warming, you know, you're you can di- you have a higher chance of dying, uh, you know, in Colorado mountains yeah. than you killing the mountains. You know, yeah. so I like that element of being scared, being uh, in a place that is so beautiful, so powerful, and so you're so ins- insignificant there. You yeah. know. Even if you start a forest fire, it's going to grow back and be fine anyway. A couple of years later, you, you could burn to death, and it doesn't matter. You don't really matter. You know, being reminded of that is very important, and and you know when, that's why city life being around. I appreciate architecture. Obviously, this place is wonderful, and Chicago's got some beautiful architecture, and I appreciate that. But it's all man-made, and yeah. I like I like nature's architecture way more because it's so much more complicated. And on a microscopic level, so perfect, and on an outside level, so so uh, abstract and kind of vague and random, and but beautiful. I mean, you know, it's something about that. So, like on that on that note, I was talking with um, Tang, the guy that was helping yeah. helping you with the sound over there, and he played a, a DJ set last night, and I was you know talking about the you know how how much I appreciated you get it. I don't know what I don't know what you would have called that. It's like house music or something, but like it was it was so much more harmonically rich and rhythmically interesting than music of that vein that I'm used to. And right before we started recording, we were talking about the trouble with you know moving the guitar into an electronic medium, like in embedding all of these these techniques into like looping and mm-hmm. like the you know the the grid of the electronic time and. What Tang was talking about was he's like, yeah, it's better, it's more beautiful to look at a tree than it is to look at a brick wall. 
you know, and because there's more, some beautiful brick walls. There in are, though. Well, you I mean, know, it's but, like there are some where it's like, got, wow. but they got some like they got you some know, drips on them or something, right? right? right. Like They've fallen apart a little bit. They've antiqued. Yeah. yeah, they're like approaching. They're starting to approximate nature again yeah. with that granularity and that detail. And I had a buddy who was super into electronics in high school and college, and he was always saying, he's like, the problem isn't electronic music. The problem is that we're still, you know, the the bit is still too big that we haven't learned to wed these things yet and I think that you know there's something like that it's like the city yeah Chicago's gorgeous yeah but it's austere because it's it's that like brutalist modern architecture you know the concrete cubes and like glass phallus you know and it's just that kind of stuff you come out here and it's like you see them trying to you know the trees are like growing out of the stage area oh it's 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 best when it's integrated and uh, compared to other cities, Chicago is beautiful and clean and interesting and diverse. And that's nice because I've been to some ugly cities where it's like, wow, I would – at least Chicago is a nice – when I see that skyline after a tour, I'm like, ah, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. I'm not interested in getting in that traffic that's downtown, yeah. but I'm going to look at it and then veer off on the highway and go back <laughs> to the suburbs where at least it's a little quieter. At least it's a little – you know, you can escape and – well, it's in, it's an interesting uh, it, where you are, but it's, you know, if I didn't tour, I would go insane there. You know, if I wasn't knowing that I'm going to be, you know, in Michigan next week, uh, you know, or in Europe in the next month or two, or you know, things like this kind of keep me stimulated too. Yeah. But but this area I love so much in a very special way. Yeah. So how do you how do you imagine? Especially given how much time you you seem to spend like thinking about the various nomadic peoples of Europe and all this stuff and like their stories, their traditions, and like Europe has found a kind of uneasy balance between the sedentary populations and the nomadic populations. America really hasn't, you know. Like we had like you could hop on trains, but then we pulled most of the train rail out. And yeah, and it, there's something about that like. The space, the quiet, the fractal dimension of nature, bringing it into the city. There's something about that, too, about, like, how do we reconcile that wandering spirit and that desire for a new horizon and all that stuff with the fact that, you know, you're living in the Chicago suburbs. I'm living in the Austin suburbs. Like, how do you, you know, like, this, you know, I don't have an answer to this, but, like, this is one of those things where it's like, Okay, so somewhere in between the life of a creative adventure and the life of like, like I, I want a family one day. And it's yeah. Like, how do you? Well, there's the bucket list. That's the bucket list conundrum because I have the <laughs> bucket list. I've been getting rid of things, and I've gotten. A, if I died tomorrow, I think it'd be, I did. A, I did enough yeah. in the short time that I had, and but I'm still like everywhere I go, I'm, I'm like, oh my god, this place is great, and also just the concept of finding something new it's very exciting you know going over that hill and seeing a new perspective you couldn't see behind the hill you know that's intrigues me so much because it's that stimulation that's so like the wow factor of of nature and going different places is what's exciting and i think searching for yourself and like a lot of times when i was touring uh there was a time in my life when i was touring when i was kind of running away from things and it was very nice and convenient for that and making money on the side and also working on my career and all these things and working on myself maybe in the meantime but then I got to a point where like okay I'm cool now I think I could stop running I think I just love 
touring now. So it's like, I'm hooked. I can't stop touring. I want to... Also, I love music, uh, this opportunity to play music for people. Because, you know, if I walk into a bar anywhere and I'm just me, versus if I play my music, uh, there's an opportunity where people seem to just kind of be a little more open and nicer. They're yeah. in, you know, and, and uh, that's nice to... I think that's the best version of myself because maybe it doesn't entail me using words, doesn't entail with me uh, hurting somebody's feelings or disregarding or, or whatever. It, it's nothing I can do. If you don't like my music, you can just walk away, you know? Or if you, you own the place and you, I want you to turn down, I'll be a little bit fend, offended, but then <laughs> I will get the money afterwards, the gig, and I'll say thank you, and I'll say I'll probably never see you again, you know? Yeah. And I'm okay with that because it's exciting, you know, you know I, store, I store good experiences like a camel, you know? I, I store good relationships like a camel. I'm really happy having a good connection with somebody and then not having a connect, good connection with somebody for six months after that because I had that good connection. Mm. And I really can sustain myself. So, and touring allows that. You know, you're mixing the variety of people. Like, it's good to see you again. Yeah, like, that's yeah. very nice. I mean, I would never have met you if I wasn't touring, you know? And so I like that opportunity. My friends in Switzerland I met, they were just amazing people that, you know, Jesus, you know, how many people out there haven't I met that are amazing hiding out in some tiny little village in germany or slovakia or somewhere that's just gonna blow my mind you know that's gonna make me feel like ah, oh, i can relate to somebody i can i feel an unspoken nice connection you know so i think that's why people do that and tour and do that stuff and you know i have friends who are you know family who are they're they have families they can't do that you know or uh, musicians, mutual friends who who uh, teach all the time, you know, and that's all they do. They got their steady income, and that's great. And me, I'm like chasing one month to another month to another month to another mm -hmm. year to another year. Every year it's different. Every month is different. Every week is different, which is great. Whenever I talk about it, people are like, that sounds amazing. But then I'm like, well, yeah, there's something to be said about stability. Right. And planting roots and all that stuff. But then, you but know. you got a circuit now, at least. Like, you, you, you're saying, you yeah. came out here, and it's like, these people know you, they love you, they want you back. You know? And yeah. It's like, it, you are building something, at least. And right? so, no, know? it's, it's yeah. a family. It's an extended family. It's nice to feel... And it's nice to, to meet unique people. These people are unique. This situation is unique. This is bizarre. And I love it even more because of that. Because they're free thinkers. They're so cool, in my opinion. They're, I admire these people so much. And um, I don't know. And also it's the exploring thing. You know, I don't know. Whenever you see a – that's why whenever I see a cowboy movie, you know, they're, they're going they're going exploring one town. Or, or you see a, a movie where they're – two guys are in a convertible driving down the desert it just you know makes you want to get in the car uh, and do that you know yeah. and i i have a good connection with my family enough that that's kind of home that when i get that kind of home stability with blood i got that mm -hmm. it's very nice um when I'm in Europe, you know, I have a gal out there and, and in Poland, and, and that's a very nice home base there, you know. Um, it's difficult to maintain a relationship when you're constantly running around and overstimulated by different places and different experiences to maintain long distance anything. Mm -hmm. But my family's always been super, like, 
do your thing. But my, my parents, they're always jealous when I'm going places. I'm yeah. going to go with you. I'm going to go. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, they're in their 80s, so it's, like, not super convenient. I'm like, I do long drives. You're going to be very uncomfortable because I go <laughs> for, like, 10 yeah. hours at a time. And... Um, and so finally, but I'm also like, you know, I've been on tour for the last three weeks in the UP, Southern Illinois, and then now I'm out here. And then, so they're coming out to Sedona tomorrow. So they're going to be here for a couple of days. Oh, cool. So it'll be great to kind of, they can meet my Sedona friends and see a part, because Sedona is like a special home for me. It's like, I I just love, ever since I came here, pretty much the same tour we probably met you on. Yeah, you know, we met, so, yeah. made a lot of lifelong friends on that tour. And, um, you know, it's just something about, you know, people being, and also something about people being in beautiful places, that beauty starts to rub off on them. You know, like the UP. You know, it's, it's really nice. It's vast. It's It's beautiful. It's not as mountainous and... But it's nice, and you got the beautiful uh, Lake Superior up there. People are so happy, and their months are three months longer than Chicago's. But everyone in Chicago is complaining about the weather. No one up in the UP. They get on their snowmobile, and they go to the bar if they want to go out, you know. And then they ride their snowmobile home. They, they do everything. They adapt to the weather. They're happy people in the winter. I I don't like thinking about touring in Chicago in February. I mean, that's slushy, nasty. I'll go to the UP where it's technically there could be a blizzard and I might not even make it, but I'd rather <laughs> because they're very happy up there. They're happy with their beauty. And so I like to go. That's kind of been my only rule of thumb. I want to go where people are happy, mm. even if it's whatever it is. And I think they're happy for the most part because they're living in a beautiful place. How could you not be happy? You have to be blind or have some real health issues or something's going on emotionally that you won't be happy anywhere, you know? Yeah. And um, so that happiness rubs off on me. You know, I have to, when I have to do a double take, you know, when you meet someone who's so nice, you're like, are you, are you shitty? Yeah. What are you, what's your deal, you know? And then, oh my God, this is actual Jesus Christ. And then you realize when you're hanging around with jerks and assholes, that rubs off on you too. And you realize when you confront nice, genuine people, you don't even know how to be nice. You're kind of like, <laughs> gotta shed this. Don't be sarcastic. Don't you know? You know what I mean? Don't be willing to get into an argument over politics or anything. Who gives a shit? I like that out here, and actually in Europe too. I like the European mentality because they're very open to music, mm-hmm. very open. Versus a lot of times in America, and, and I've only been since I've been doing solo. Mm-hmm. I only go where I want to go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm on tour. I don't want to go out to eat at a restaurant. I want to go use that hour, grab some subway or whatever, and go for a hike in that mm. forest that's kind of close to where I got to be if I time it right because that's what I need. And I don't want to debate people that that's what we're going to do with our little time we have. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that. So ever since doing the solo thing, I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe I waited this long to do this. I love it. There's that The management of your own time. You know, I think that's part of like what you were talking about, like going hiking on your own. Yeah. Like there's something about, or you know, maybe look at it, look at it a different way. Like I met some really young people from Austin at Burning Man this year, mm-hmm. and became really, you know, became good friends with them. And so now I've got, you know, I'm I'm 33. I've got, I've got a, a really close friend that's 20 now. Yeah. And it's fascinating. It's like, it really. Uh, Talk about hanging out with like jerks, hanging out with yeah, you know, nice people. It's like uh, it reminds me of how they say that the cells from a fetus 
go cross over into the mother's bloodstream and like patch up her body from the inside. Like hanging out with these people who are like the the perspective is still so innocent and enthusiastic and Yeah, that's nice. And it's like, oh my god, like I'm seeing the city that I live in with totally fresh eyes. Yeah. You know, and and you know, in that in a similar way, we get stuck in these patterns with the people around us and to get out of that and to sort of like recalibrate to the path that I choose to walk through this pathless expanse. Yeah. You know, and really like to throw just another completely random reference on top of this, um, Mark Pesci is this like futurist who said years ago that that there's like a there's a happy middle ground with social media. He's yeah. like spend too much time on it and you're offering nothing new. Yeah. You know, the the Twitter universe doesn't need you because you're just resharing shit that's already on. Yeah. Spend not enough time on it and you're irrelevant. And that there's like, there's this thing where it's like, you got to realize it's time to dip out and to like reconnect to that, to your own sort of random walk yeah. of it, you know? Well, you know, I mean, the, the saying that, that is so good that a friend of mine in Sedona told me, music is an expression of life. And if you don't live your life, you have nothing to express, you know? Ooh. And and I really like that. And, that, and, and every, ever since you told me that quote, like for the last... Like every time I'd see him, I'd be like, "God damn it!" Quote, every time it blows me away. What was that again? I keep forgetting. Life, living, whatever. Finally, it's stuck in my head because I think also it's a concept that's very large and hard to incorporate. It's easy to understand and makes mm. sense, but to, to do it, you know. And so I realized that that the social media is is a necessary thing. It's great when I just like I just played a gig in Sedona and I met some two really cool people and like, you're on Facebook great boom immediately two minutes later I have that person permanently connected to him don't need to worry about a business card don't need to get my phone it's done and so I love it for that and I love it because it's easy also to just say hey I'm in this town if you're out come out cool you know it's a very instead of doing email lists and stuff like right. that you gotta se- separate it and I'm not very good at social media but it's necessary and it's kind of fun, you know. Some when people say, "Oh, it's so nice to see your pictures of where you go and stuff," that it now becomes a thing where it's, "Oh, it's nice to share that with people." But I realize that's something they enjoy about it because when I try to post like pictures of where I am, just to give a perspective of why I'm there. Yeah, I'm not there because I have a gig. I'm there because of this forest. Because this place. This place. Just yeah. and if you've never heard of this place, now you have, and maybe you'll be there someday. And so I and I, you know, I. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm bad at it because, like, I, I find the whole concept of taking selfies is a very strange, <laughs> n- narcissistic, disgusting thing. <laughs> so I've been trying to cut out the selfie thing. But sometimes people, what the hell was that? Was that was cool. a badass bug that just wow. flew past us. Yeah, so yeah. I try, I've tr- I tried to cut it out. But some people are like, you know, they want to see that I'm somewhere. So I have to. I'm out on tour by myself, so I have to do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anybody who could take a picture of me, really, you know. At a moment's notice, but um, something about the music that actually you were saying something that that uh, kind of triggered a thought that I had that it's kind of an original thought, but it's it's also um, something that I'm still exploring. But basically about like and like you met these people at Burning Man, maybe yeah. because you playing music or you just went. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Was like, so there you go. I'm... Music leads you to this place, mm-hmm. and you have some connection to it. And so I, you know, uh, it it. I'm inspired by by nature. I'm inspired by by different animals, how they communicate, different things. And the dolphin amazes me the most because of like the ability to um, when they meet, you know, they, they they use their sonar 
when they kind of say hi to each other, like, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Like how we do. We do our best. We can look in the eyes. We can, you know, see the demeanor. If you've got bags under the eyes, maybe mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're depressed or something's right. going on. But they can see the heartbeat. How yeah, it's they beating. see straight they see, the, they see how the blood's flowing. So the connection they have is so much deeper, which is, I think, why, uh, you know, when they get them in the net, you'll see a bunch of them, not just one, because they stick together. They see that struggle, and they're like, I'm not going to let you go down alone. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. Do you have an Instagram page? I don't. I have a Facebook. See, now back to that social media problem. It's all right. It's Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is all I'm doing. But, um, but anyway, what the music thing is, which is some expression of something complicated, you can't communicate in any other way, like you can do with art or something. Yeah. But something that words don't do it. Actions don't, this is an action that will kind of do it, and I think because it's an expression. Like, I'm trying to say something I can't put into words, but in this package is an emotion, a story, a reference, something possibly autobiographical, probably just maybe a fantasy of mine. And I feel like when you play music and you meet somebody through that method, that way, it's kind of like trying to use another sense. No other way to see through the organs of each other and see something besides just the limited view of uh, the, the limited form of communication we have, which is so limited. Now, you know, art is an expression. It's a it's a communication. It's a interpretation. It's but it's, we're using our senses to understand it. So we are using our brain to manufacture these this story, this idea, so that you can communicate to their senses, whether they're chefs and you're trying to show them a flavor or, or through a story, you know, but through music is so abstract because every time you listen to it, it's different so the, because of the way you're performing it, the way that person's mood is when they're hearing it. I think something about that really just chasing some understanding with each other. And I think whether, you know, being on tour, the, the, the exciting thing is playing in front of people and having that communication potentially. And if not, well, hey, you're in a beautiful nature maybe you can communicate with some trees better i don't know something if all else fails that thing at least nature there's like it sounds like you and i might have a similar i I almost would call it like a character flaw which is like booking gigs for like because i want to play in that space yeah i want to go hike over there i'm a a sucker for that just constantly like yes i played a natural history museum yes i played a cave yeah like it's like wait a minute i should be you know, like no, I, I was in the airport the other yeah. day and these guys, I was like sitting just practicing and, and then these, these three dudes walked in with their guitars, dropped their case, like dropped, opened all, all their stuff up in front of like a team of like 30 cheerleaders that were there for some thing and then started singing and suddenly like 20 high school girls had their cameras on these guys. They were just yeah. playing a free show in the airport and I was like, I'm doing this wrong. Like I'm sitting here thinking like this is... Like, I'm having dreams where I, it's a beautiful landscape and I don't remember the people. Yeah. You know, and I like keep forgetting, uh, somehow that it's like, it's not just about doing like an improv set where I'm channeling the energy of a place into that musical sound, but that yeah. that's for the audience. You know, that like podcast called Future Fossils isn't just about the people who are going to listen to it after I'm dead. It's about the people that are here now. And so I'm curious with you, like getting to travel all over the world, getting to play, do you have a sense that you're like, fulfilling 
like an ecological function that you're like carrying culture from place to place and like it's bleeding into you and then you're you're like the carrier of that thing well, and it's, it's spreading over there the tradition of you know on, on a, in an ugly way I'm like a traveling salesman and in a, in, in a or a like bard traveling bard right you know picking up stories meeting people being inspired by places so, like I've been inspired by this place for the longest time and I I haven't written a song about it um, but like I could, I think, if I really got into what's going on here and maybe something that'll hit me. But um, I do pick up something and things more. Maybe that's something it's hard to express. Like I can I can tell you, you know, the combination of like the cuisine in southern Germany and the landscape and playing these you know, very old places is very stimulating. And I can maybe... Uh, that will inspire me and telling somebody about it or sharing my music with these different cultures. I'm taking something out of it too. I'm taking an experience out of it that maybe I'll share with somebody else. But I think ultimately it's like, it's an old form of communication, just traveling. And that's, that's, you know, sharing, uh, that's what the Roma gypsy people, you know, when they bringing this style to this country, it's like pre-internet mobilization, you know, and uh, just or information or whatever you know, um, this is one way that allows you to kind of do that is be mobile and, and performing is a great way because you have usually willing listeners, um, <laughs> yes. and ideally right, and then you have an opportunity to share what you do and then you know meet somebody super interesting and maybe make a lifelong friend or whatever. But I think well I don't know maybe I got off track, but the profoundness of traveling and being out of your element but being open for experiences and people is very exciting especially when it's like people who blow you away you know because i i i'm a i'm a junkie for good wine good nature good food but good people blow me away you know i want to be like i love i ideally only hang out with people who are smarter than me because I, I want to learn, I want to feel stupid, I want to struggle to keep up, but I want to walk away with more stuff than I came into it. Yeah. So I, that's another thing. I think about it. I'm a junkie for the for the wow factor, but also I want to learn. I, I, I'm, and also I potentially probably have a slight learning disability that's never been addressed, which I have attention deficit, whatever the hell it is. I mean, uh-huh. no, I don't want to be diagnosed because I know I'm also a defeatist. And I will see. See, it's that I'm oh, bipolar. Yeah. It's because I'm it's oh now I'm a manic disease. depressive. Yeah. Like yeah, I will assume that I will live that. I'll become that. It'll destroy me. So I'm in denial. So we about just, it. I, you know, I I won't tell you that you're a guitarist. Then you know, because then it might create some sort of like self defeating, limiting assumption about yourself. The guitar allows me, like <laughs> it does you, to do things that I would never be able to do. Meet people that I would never be able to meet because I'm not that great of a conversationalist. I'm not that good looking. I'm not that char. I don't have that much money. So it's like all I got is the guitar, <laughs> you know, and at least composing music for film and stuff like that. That that's a whole other world. I like the guitar because it's it's my tool for expression. Um, I like it because it's a challenge. I like it because it fights back. I like it, you know, because it's not easy. And I like it because I want to be I my idols play until they're dead. So I know I'm never going to stop chasing some form or version of perfection or at least ultimate, like, uh, channeling, going from brain to fingers, you know, or soul to brain to fingers or whatever. 
you know, um, and then communicating that to somebody who ideally sees something in it that I didn't even see. And maybe, you know, I mean, creating something beautiful. I want to be beautiful because I feel like I admire beauty. It's, it's my ultimate, you know, inspiration. It's like, so I think that's the best you can be. The best you can be is that. Like when it's Sedona, I'm always cooking for my friends there. Nice. What do you guys want this time? So we made a nice, really good mushroom soup for them because we were craving mushroom soup. I love doing that and then having that experience and sharing a night of bourbon, staying up till five and, and seeing the stars, you know, yeah. and just talking about life, laughing, listening to music. You know, this stuff is my – and then having a hangover till three in the afternoon. But whatever. <laughs> But you can do that because the gig is not but till nine. But I'll tell you, I just, I just, I got bronchitis when I got back from Europe about two weeks ago, and uh, I never get sick, you know. And so they checked my liver, they checked everything. Everything's fine. I'm not if I, you know. So I think all this, this fun stuff. There's something to be said about the fact that what it's doing for my spirit, my brain, whatever, having these good experiences, far outweighs whatever toxins I'm exposing myself to you know because i'm actually more toxified by by bad vibes from people mm. than anything else because i carry that and i in court i digest that if somebody you smile at somebody and they just like scowl at you and you're sitting there the rest of the day oh, like, you're just huh, negative what's wrong with that person negative negativity Why? just drives me not i can't and i absorb it i'm a sponge i can absorb people's energy because also because if they're sad i want to take it away from them and you know things like that because uh I'm a sucker for for um, um, the empathy thing, you know, because I got it pretty pretty good, you know. And I, when you're raised with a lot of love in your life or whatever it is, I I, I store that shit like a camel, so I can give it away for free. And some people will take advantage of that and expect more, like a drug, you know, like I'm a drug dealer of that. So that you know, I t what's the problem with being beautiful though? Getting away from it, people. You know, the more you put yourself out I, in that way, the you, more people are like, yeah. they want to, because it's like, you got the shadow of like, oh, I'm not that, I'm not that asshole, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, no, you are that asshole. Like, by trying to remove that evil from the world, you, you're that evil. But it's the same is true of the other thing, too. And people come, you know, when you, it's a weird thing, like, to, you know, to have, to be excellent, you know, we're <laughs> sitting this the excellent club here. No, but like, when you, uh, you talk about, moving from a position of maybe like sort of like social awkwardness. So like, let me, let me come up and play guitar for you because that's my strength. That's my, my greatest way to communicate. But like the way that we have it set up in the culture is you're literally elevated above everyone else. And so when people see you up on stage being a badass and like just making an earnest, like humble heart offering, I've noticed that often like people will just like put their own shit on you. And it, and, you know, sometimes it like gets in the well, way. Well, you're exposed when yeah. you're performing. You're exposed, and I'm an introvert by nature, which is why I can be in the car alone, go on hikes alone. Really like alone time. You know, I need it in order to balance the social environment that I put myself in. And um, and once again, the positives are you. Know, I just I just met some cool people this time. You know, but the it's gonna happen. You're gonna be an an asshole. You're gonna meet that, and. Just as much, because I find myself so many times where I have to, like, I am so angry. I mean, I'm a really angry person. I got a lot of pent-up anger. And mostly from kind of having social awkwardness growing up as a kid in school. I didn't get with anybody, didn't understand anybody. So music, I use that 
bitterness that I formed <laughs> to to start my music because I'm like I'm gonna fucking bang I'm gonna guitar. I chicks don't talk to me I'm gonna be so fucking good that a hot chick will talk to me just because I'm that good you know so that was for the adolescent reason because yeah, I've yeah. got too much fucking hormones going on I don't know what to do with it but also it's like all right I suck at math suck at this suck at that sports that's why when I cut my tendon it was like all right now everything's gone everything I was good at is gone. Like, hey, don't pick on that kid. He's really good at guitar. That's gone now. So then having that desperation of like, I'm going to, you know, when they're like, you're going to have to start therapy. I'm like, please, I'm super depressed now. You know, I can't play guitar anymore. I don't know if it'll ever work again. They're tying it together. It might not take. That was when? What year was it? I was about 18 years old. Okay, yeah. And uh, so then I learned the technique on the guitar because I was going insane. And then they're like, therapy. I'm like, no, no, physical therapy. I'm like, oh. I kind of need the emotional therapy too, the psychological mm-hmm. therapy at this point. Because, and so I did the physical therapy, and then I did all that thing, and eventually it healed perfectly. But without having that that obstacle in my life, I would never have developed that uh, that uh, adaptation. Which is why it's amazing when people are blind and they can hear right. way better, taste. I can only imagine. Can you imagine if like you had a blind and deaf? how good food would taste or how nice it would be to touch a body. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't have any clue. scent of a woman. Because we've we've divided our senses in order to kind of have everything work together. You can only focus so much. Like when I'm driving and trying to concentrate, I can't have music on. It's just throwing me off when I'm looking at directions and multitasking like I shouldn't be doing. That's multitasking is a fucking problem too. That this society kind of... You're trained to multitask. You're, You're efficient. You're successful. So the... Two-handed tapping has allowed me to be able to, like, take a leak and fill a glass of water at the same time successfully, <laughs> you know? And they say that this is not good for your brain. It can right. overload it and cause problems later, dementia or whatever. I don't know if that's proven, but I read that. Multitasking is not good, you know? Mm-hmm. But I like to do things, and I like to be efficient when I'm doing So that's opened that door because I'm not ambidextrous. So, like, but, like, you know, uh, I guess that's multitasking thing is, like, a hyper, you know, Hyperfunctionality, you know, for what reason? I don't know, but it's, you know, to be more efficient. But then you lose out, and then you can't slow down. Uh-huh. You can't be quiet. You can't do this. And um, so the music music teaches me how to be a better person, I think, mm. too. I mean, I did start it off just to express myself and get my anger out. And also I viewed it as, like, you know, the whole idea of the battery, like, you know, the, the whole, like, you know, the, the Baghdad battery. You know, you could use vinegar to power. You use mm. something bitter. And I always looked at bitterness. I always welcomed it. So I welcomed when people would be shitty to me, and I'd be like, I got some fuel. I got some fuel to power this <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, come on. You know? Sprinkle some hate on so this. So <laughs> I always thought that it was always, I always tried to make the best out of the shitty stuff because it is a effective fuel like when my first girlfriend I ever had called me up and said I'm sorry I don't want to be with you anymore I was like oh, fucking bitch I'm gonna show her you know? and I took it into the guitar I took all my pissed off anger and I'm so so actually it's nice I have to just saying I'm a very angry person you know I realized like I haven't been angry since I've been on tour about anything and it's very nice to get – it's a distraction perhaps or maybe it's healing that anger. I don't know what's going on with it. But it's nice to not – oh, yeah, I haven't been angry in a couple of weeks. So let's just keep that. You know, I don't know what's going to set me off and make me angry again. But um, this shit is all very good for, for whatever's wrong with me. <laughs> you know? Dude, the, uh, that thing about 
your hand and how you know the the like fear like the the very real possibility that you like lost function with yeah. that hand and so you're like fuck it i'm going to i'm going to learn to play with the other yeah. hand just the other hand i think about that story all the time i wrote a song uh, about my buddy who had a really uh, uh, I forget you know some form of tendonitis and lo- and couldn't play the guitar for like the better part of a year and then, like all this horrible shit happened to him while he couldn't play the guitar uh, but then he got like the guitar he got the use of his hand back and I was like but it doesn't like all of that other stuff kind of doesn't matter but like I think about your story in light of the like the value of limitation and the value of challenge. And like the way that that these things they give us it's not it's not just like the fuel like the, you know, the Baghdad battery yeah right but like like you're like um, you get sick so you have to stop for a while you have to sit and reflect yeah you know like you think, you think things are going really well and then you know the girl that you've been dating says that you know you've been like a huge prick and like you didn't realize yeah. it and like you got those moments where you have to like you get time out you have to stop and be like okay yeah actually hold on i let's let's take a time out actually here i got to answer it so i i do carving sometimes here and there like little faces in wood and whatever and nothing super i just you know i love it it's you know it's it's very nice to work with wood. Yeah. It's so fun to work with. But if I do this whole uh, conversion camper van thing, you know, I mean, I have to develop a whole other set of skills I don't Anyway, let's... Yeah. Okay, so uh, the thing about multitasking mm-hmm. on the guitar, yeah. right? So Emmett Chapman, you know, the Chapman stick. Mm-hmm. It's oh, right. all touch style electric fretboard thing. Yeah. And I asked him one time about it because it's like, it's the... it's. It's a very similar thing. You don't get the interdependence of the hands. You know, it's two independent lines, more like the piano. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, how do you, you know, coming from the guitar to the stick, having to, like, keep rhythm in the left hand instead of the right and, like, think about the two different things. He's like, you don't think about the two different things at the same time. He's like, don't do that. You're making it hard on yourself. He says, think about you're doing one thing with your whole body. And... And it's like the same with the car. It's like, you know, am I turning at the same time that I'm braking? No, I'm driving. Yeah. You know, and I think it's like when you, maybe the rest, you know, that, that, that silence that we need to include in our lives is not in our world anymore. Like it's not out there as much as it was. Well, it's here right now. Well, it's here. But like, I keep thinking about like getting out into these spaces so that you can take that silence into you so that you can be like, you have the extra space inside of you so that you can multitask, but actually pay enough attention that it's not like... Yeah, peripheral thing is important yeah. all the time with music, especially, you know, when you're listening to, I mean... A Bach fugue, you know, there's so much going on, you could focus on one of the four lines, but you, it's also peripheral, focus a little bit equally on everything, but one line might lead you to kind of get distracted to focus on it, you know, and I think it's okay to, to, to multitask like that, but I think it's important to have the peripheral when you're playing guitar, when you're living your life, when you're ever is like, all right, be aware of patterns of things and like, you know, when I'm doing this right now, I should be aware that I need to make sure I have my mental health is okay, my physical health is okay. 
you know, my life path is going, yeah, your social media is going, <laughs> your personal relationships are going, while you're doing one thing, yeah. still. It's like, so it's intense, and I think that's why we got to sh- tune off, shut off, and, like, get silent, because it's a lot, constantly. Yeah. Too much. Well, so, you know, we probably ought to wrap it up here. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to... Um, I want to ask, you know, in, in light of, you know, these bigger times, you go out and you're hiking and you get like a sense of, you know, that this isn't just today, this isn't just this group of people, you know, you're embedded in that much bigger space. How do you, you know, how do you think about your work in, in terms of like how it will be understood or like what do you hope that future generations inherit from you? Like how do you... You know, where do you sit in that in you the know, big time? I would, I would be fine as just a. Once there was this guitarist I saw, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I often think about like, or for guitar players, like there's a technique I invented on the guitar that I invented because I was kind of the tapping thing. I was like, it's too short. It's all short. So I did this the tremolo thing where I can move it mm-hmm. around. Okay. And I'm like kind of waiting because like I'm just getting out there so people see it and stuff like this and luckily no one else can do it because yeah. i tried teaching it to i've some, been working on it I've been, it's, I've just, it's, it's very uncomfortable it's a yeah. huge pain in the ass and at least if someone does figure it out i'm like five years ahead of them so they'll never be able to do it as good as i'm doing it right now at least yeah but um i don't know eventually be nice to be passed down like that is a technique that exists guitar players you can do that Without you don't need effects or amplifiers. It's a possible thing, and it has a purpose. Uh-huh. I could play Barber's Adagio with a long melody because I can create the illusion of sustaining one pitch and cr- play that melody with the chords in the bottom. And it's not just ding, 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 ding. It's actually I can make it sing. It's a useful technique. People should be able to do it. Yes, it's very difficult. Yes, it's unnatural. Yes, it doesn't make any sense, and the guitar is not meant to be. That's not meant to be done. Right. But it has a purpose, and I think with all these techniques and all these things, the whole point is it's got to have a purpose. You know, like the percussion thing is kind of popular to do the percussion thing. It has a purpose. It breaks the mold. It breaks the kind of things get exciting all of a sudden. But it's nice to break the notiness, and now percussion has taken over, and it's nice. That's a useful tool that people should use right in the right way, you know, not just a showy offy thing, but actually like this has a point in the composition, you know. So I think using these things right, I would like to think that because I appreciate the generation of guitar players that are like all detunings, open tunings, but it's like everything sounds the same. Honestly, I can't mm-hmm. tell. Like as far as I'm concerned, uh, what's his name? Michael Hedges did that 20, 30 years ago. I'm sorry, you're really not doing anything new. Like, do something that he didn't do, you know? And it's cool to have this repertoire and army of guitarists and, and oh, versions of this song, versions of that song. That's kind of cool. But everything sounds the same. And I guess that kind of bothers me that uh, people aren't trying to explore a little bit more. They all kind of fell into this, yeah, let's all kind of sound like Andy McKee now, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's cool. Andy McKee's cool. It's, 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 it's what it is. But it's like, there's other shit out there, you know? Don't listen to guitar. Listen to, listen to harp. You know, try to play harp on the guitar. Try to play, try to play a, a violin on the guitar. Try to play cymbalum or harpsichord, whatever. Yeah. Just get away from the guitar. It's like a cool instrument, but 
to be honest, I like way more other instruments, you know, way more. I just can't play them. Yeah. <laughs> I just play the guitar. <laughs> so I try to play piano on the guitar or cymbalum or whatever. But I think that's the inspiration for other instruments is the trying to make it sound like something else. Yeah. You know, I mean, when nice pizzicato violin stuff happens, you know, it kind of has this like muted marimba vibe to it sometimes. You know, I like that it changes the timbre. Yeah. You know, I like that that variety in, uh, in one instrument. That that's kind of like you know I think about when fish evolved into amphibians and they came onto land, Yum. and you get that foot was already there, it was already there. The fish with a foot existed, and then that pool dried up, and the foot became a foot. Like it took on a whole new yeah. thing. Oh, I can walk around with this. It's not just about holding on to a rock, you know. And I I think about the guitar in that way, and it's like it's it's so obvious in your playing. It's like this is just a thing. You know, if you were to, like, find this instrument, you didn't know it was a guitar, didn't know it was an instrument, how would you play it? Right. You know, and that's, you know, stepping back out that way. And it's like, yeah, the, this first amphibian thing, it's like it took a thing that everybody, all the other fish things knew that that was for holding on to a rock, you know, and then somebody... They're all just trying yeah. to hold on to the rock as good as Andy McKee. Well, you know, I think, I, yeah, but, you know, I think that, I think music is a, I would call it like, we're, we're this human and we're eventually going to be this human. Mm. But this art is a, a frustration and expression to, to maybe get to the point where we can see each other's organs like dolphins do. You know, maybe develop that skill. Until then, we have this craving to communicate deeper with art express something deeper than the mouth, you know, <laughs> or punching somebody or touching somebody or whatever, the, beyond what our senses can do and, or an extreme version of our senses, intuition, intuitive thing. You know, I think that's where we're going. So I feel like this is just a mutation that is just, this is a little anomaly that art is that frustration of communication problems, because I think that's ultimately the biggest problem with humans is communicating irresponsibly as you know so i feel like that's what that's where it's going and and i feel like if the guitar players are all saying the same things like you know it's cool it's entertainment it's people enjoy it i get it but uh i like to hear different stuff that's why i don't listen to guitar players you know i'm very bored by guitar players so um because I want to, I want to. You try DJs sometimes. I'll I tell you, you I'm a big watch, fan just watch of Aphex just Twin. Aphex Twin, I'm a big fan of because he's a fucking weirdo. He's very di- diverse, very creative. You know, maybe a handful of other square pusher, a Montauban. These are creative electronic composers who can teeter on dance party, okay? Yeah. Which is fine, but at least it's freaking pushing something new, and it's brave because Jesus Christ, how. I'm amazed that Aphex Twin is that popular. I'm so glad so many people like a song about Milkmen, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Yeah, I think you guys yeah, got to go, go around. Yeah. Out and down. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, yeah. you know I doubt that okay. ladder. Sorry. Are you going to, you know, rappel down the side? If you do that. Yeah, do that. Or, oh, your glasses. <laughs> Saved so by bad. the vine. Awesome. <laughs> My savior. Clowns. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it's been cool. super great having yeah. you oh, on man, the show. Oh, man, it's so good to see you, man. Just like seeing I said, you, I, I, I was like, God damn it. And I've seen your pictures on Facebook, so like, I know you enough, but I'm like, yeah. eh, in person, I'm like, 
No, I don't. Know. It's Jaws been, it's different. It's been like eight years. Yeah, dude. you're off the hook. It, you're yeah. Anyway, super dude, great. Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm, good to I'm see you. I'm so man. glad. I'm always. Always grateful for an opportunity to turn more people onto your. You're music, the sweetest so. man. You've always been Appreciate such it. a great guy. Appreciate it, man. Bang. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Future Fossils is part of the MindPod Network, along with Third Eye Drops, the Astral Hustle, Synchronicity Podcast, and an oodle of other fascinating programs. I encourage you to go to mindpodnetwork.com and subscribe to them all. And stay tuned because we have some awesome episodes coming up on future fossils. But for now, may your now be exquisite, long, and wonderful.